Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team any news today tito at all (laughs) (laughs) dang rosie that's your job this is the rosie report the next round's on rosie and we'll read his credit card number here just a moment regular season roundup catch it rosie nicely done rosebud now here's jim rosenhouse Welcome in. It's the Rosie Report regular season roundup episode number 94 as the Indians are still in Kansas City playing the Royals in a three-game series. Wednesday night, Kansas City a winner by a final score of 10-5 on a night where Zach Plesak battled to get the game through six innings. He did just that in a 5-5 ball game, but the Royals held the upper hand in the later innings and win it by that 10-5 final. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. Thanks so much for joining us as always on the podcast. And with reaction from last night's game, here's Indians acting manager, DeMarlo Hale. What would you think of police that? Uh, just didn't like, seem to got in a lot of trouble early, but he did <laughs> hang around for, for a while. Yeah, he, he did. Um... You know, the three in the three of the first, I believe it was two, I think. Um, then he put up four scoreless innings, but, you know, he was throwing the ball pretty good. His pitch count, you know, wasn't a factor. Uh, I thought that he started commanding a little bit better, but then you see some Aaron throws. Um, but you know what? He battled, um, and I think him, you know, keeping us in striking distance and we put up some runs to tie the game and him going six in and says a lot about, you know, him, you know, I learned a little bit more about him that, you know, under, you know, some adversity early, he, he kind of finds a way to weather the storm and, and he did um, tonight. Um, I, I mean, defensively, I thought, you know, we could have helped a little bit more, um, you know, kind of take that into consideration. Um, but, you know, we all in this together, but, you know, it, it just shows me his resilience to kind of get through it. And, yeah, you know, we might have pushed him a little bit, but I, I thought he showed some resilience and, and got through the sixth inning. I know I asked you about playing the outfield there in Kansas City yesterday before the series started. Just can you talk about some of the – just the outfield play by your guys tonight? Well, I mean, it's a big outfield. So, you know, fundamentally, you, you got to be pretty sound and solid. Um, and, you know, this this is a park that 
you know, a mistake is going to cost you two bases. And, um, you know, we, we, we had some uh, little blunders out there. Um, and, and that's something you got to learn from. And, and, you know, we'll go back and look at some film and, and see, you know, fundamentally what we could have done better. You know, it kind of comes down to that, you know. Um, you, all get, you get used to your home park and, and, you know, no doubt the Royals play it uh, pretty well um, being their home park. But, you know, we got to come here nine, ten times a season. So, you know, we, we got to handle those, these dimensions and, and elements as well. Marlo, uh, with Harold Ramirez, what what do you see on a couple of those plays, the fly balls that, you know, either the one down the line and the one got over his head. Is he, is he doing something fundamentally wrong or is it just bad jumps or what, what happened? I, I think just remembering, you know, looking at the play, it seemed like he took the, he took his eye off the ball, you know, uh, maybe he was feeling himself closer to the wall. Um, but that's something I probably have to look back uh, at the film and, and, and really break it down, you know, uh, along with uh, Kyle. But just looking at it live, you know, I saw where he took his um, eyes off the ball, and um, I don't think he picked it back up, you know, until it was late. DeMarlo, I know you talk about Plesak and what you learned about him tonight and the way that he was able to grind through the this outing, but is that sort of along the same lines of what you learned about him this year as a whole, considering he just he didn't have the same consistency as he had the last two years and, and through the ups and downs, he's been able to get through it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, that's a growth um, as well. Um, you know, we don't like to see, you know, so much of the ups and downs and inconsistency, but you know, when they, when they do rear their head, you know, you, you learn a little bit about the, the pitcher, and the player as, you know, how he's going to handle it, how he's going to maneuver his way through it. And, you know, he, he's shown me that, you know, I haven't seen him pitch a lot over the last years because, you know, I was in a different division, but, you know, just kind of seeing him go through this. I mean, his velo velocity was good in the sixth inning. You know, I think he was at 94, 95. So, you know, he had some, um, some left in the tank, you know, uh, but also he had, probably three, four stressful innings. And, um, you know, two of them, the first two, they got to him. But uh, there was another two that he got out of and making some big pitches. How nice is it to see Chang continue to swing the bat the way he has? And, and, and I'm not saying you have to make a decision or anything else, but just how nice is it to see him over a, a decent amount of time kind of keep that same stroke? Yeah, and, you know, it says something about him because – you know, he's had um, some days off, you know, as you try to get everybody in there um, to play and get some at-bats and, uh, and see how they react to situations. And, you know, he, he's kind of had a pretty steady approach, um, you know, and, and, and mindset. You know, he comes out, he gets his work done, you know, he's got his routine. So, you know, it's good to see. It, it really is. Um, you know, and, and – you know, you always want to see players end on a pretty good note because they feel good about themselves going into the offseason. DeMarlo, uh, Jose got a, reached 100 RBIs tonight. What, I know you've, you've talked a lot about him, but, you know, just if you look at, the, you know, just kind of the weight of his season, it's, he's done just checked about every box you can check. 
Yeah, you know, he's um, that's a good way to say it. That you know, he's kind of checked the boxes, and you know, it's 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 nice to see that. You know, it was in the frame framework of a game. You know, uh, him getting his hundred. You know, and I'm sure he's going to have opportunity to get a few more, but. Um, you know, personal goals are one thing, and then being in the team concept, you know, I think that's important too. And, you know, he's done that all year. So, uh, you know, I think guys were happy that he got it. And, you know, you reach some milestones, and, you know, hopefully he'll get a chance to get the, um, the stolen base too. Mention Zach Plezak with an outing where he battled. It wasn't long before he was trailing in this ball game after the Indians gave him a lead in the top half of the first inning on a Jose Ramirez sack fly, RBI number 100 for Ramirez. But the Royals on a three-run home run off the bat of Salvador Perez grabbed a 3-1 to one lead, eventually led 5-1, to one, but Plesak settled in. And after the game, he talked about giving up runs early and how he reacts. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, early they just ambushed some heaters. I think we're just jumping early. I got ahead and got the bat to it and, you know, Made some good swings. I came in after the first saw Shaw and you're getting stretched out. I'm like, got some work to do. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes you can kind of flow into the game and you find your rhythm and sometimes you just got to get put into different situations, you know? So um, definitely not the situation I wanted to be in early, but um, you know, we grinded for sure. Next three what guys. Is, sorry. What does it mean to you? Um, I'm sorry. What does it mean to you to get through that? You know, cause a, a lot of pitchers that may be the end and, what did it mean for you to be out there that last inning? Yeah, I mean, the whole the whole outing was, you know, I'm a fighter, man, you know. I think this whole season's been one of those where you have to be a fighter. You know, we've gone through a lot as a team, gone through a lot personally. I think, you know, this was one of those games where it's another, I think, situation where I had to grind through it. You know, I think early um, I felt good in the bullpen. All my pitches were feeling live. There were heaters jumping out of my hand. And, you know, I think just – they got the, they got the heads up early early runs and you know it was my job to keep our team in the game the rest of the way so you know as we kind of settled into that ball game and we were playing it out we had guys on base all game and we were leaving you know in opportunities with guys in scoring positions so um, I knew we definitely were not out of it um, coming out of that second inning down and uh, you know it just kept kept focused and kept you know ready to go for the next half. And that last inning, I think you were up to 95 miles an hour. Did you see uh, Alberto kind of laughing? Did you know you were at the end? At the end, because he kind of smiled after either back-to-back heaters to him. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean it came with uh, Michael A. Taylor in the box with bases loaded, and you know I wasn't gonna. It was a situation where it was like one-on-one. You know, here it is. See if you can hit it. I just challenged him, and I started to move, and I found tempo. I think it's crazy because you know I found the click. I think if. I think if I would if we would keep going right now, it starts moving forward. My velo would be exactly what it was in that back half of that game because I feel like this last week, me and Ruben made a good adjustment. Um, just the way I was moving down the mound was everything was clicking, and you know it was a hot, human mess tonight. Couldn't really grip much. You know, nobody really could get a good grip of the off speed, so um, had to make up for it somewhere. And um, yeah, we reached back, we we're throwing 95, it's 96, um, which was it's promising. You know, I know it, I know it's in there. I know I have that. So, you know, it's just definitely a foundation I'm going to work towards this offseason to continue to build off of. Zach, the, 
the three years that you've been through have been so different. Obviously, 2019 being a, a whirlwind with your rookie year, 2020 being what it was and how strange that was, and now trying to come back to a little bit more normalcy this year. I mean, is there just different things that you learned about yourself going through these three different seasons to start your career? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there's been different chapters every year. It's like a different situation how I'm being approached to what I'm doing. You know, I think it's just a lot of growth and I feel, I don't know, it's, I feel blessed to be in a position to be able to even go through that. You know, it's just, I'm learning a lot about myself very quickly and I'm trying to grow and mature and, you know, become more of a veteran presence now, you know, and I still feel young, you know, and it's crazy. Those two years ago were such a short amount of time ago, ago, it feels like, you know, I was just a rookie and last year how short it was. And it's just a lot of adjustments, you know, and I think it's just, um, you know, going into this offseason, I'm going to do a, as well of a job as I can to continue to just better myself as a leader, as a player on this team, as best I can to help this organization win, you know. So it's, um, you know, definitely hasn't been the easiest three years. Um, definitely has been the most exciting. And, I mean, I'm just in a blessed position and continue, going to continue to accept whatever comes my way the following years and, you know, make it for the best of whatever that is. So, yeah, I know, I know you uh... – you know, you can't control what happens with the ball after it leaves your hand. But, you know, when there's a couple misplays in the outfield and it puts you in a jam, you know, how do you just kind of control yourself, control your emotions so, you know, you just you, – it doesn't get away from you and, you and you can stay in the game and keep your team in the game? Yeah, I, I hear you, Paul. Look, there was a time I was in Little League. I came in the dugout after striking out. I threw my helmet. My dad made me sit in the stands the rest of the game, and all my teammates were looking at me, laughing at me, sitting with my mom in the stands. I was all embarrassed. And, you know, even now, I still try and do a good job of eliminating things like that and outside noise or anything I can't control. You know, I think there's just lessons to be learned to be a professional and be a to do your job. You know, you can't control some of these things. The only thing I can control is what, I, what I'm doing, you know. So in, in those situations, it just is more important for me to pick him up and make a good pitch and get get the next guy out, you know, just as if I gave up early runs in the first and he comes out with guys on second and third and gets a knock and ties the game up. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it is what it is. I got to step up and, you know, pick him up and make a good pitch and we'll get out of it and look up at the end of the game. Hopefully we just get enough good things happen to put us in a, in a chance to win. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Most likely just one more of these remaining, and we will do that tomorrow as the Indians head to Texas for the final series of the regular season. Thanks, as always, go out to Bart Swain, Corporate Trip, Austin Contrulis for all of their help in putting together this podcast on a regular basis. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks so much for listening and downloading the Rosie Report regular season roundup. Have a good one. This has been the Rosie Report. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 